What's up, everybody? Welcome to the LTC Bowling Show. I'm your host, J.R. Raymond. Uh, today, we we're going to talk a little bit about that little trick that people can use uh, when bowling, tucking your pinky. Now, I don't know how many people actually do it. I do see a lot of people doing it, um, but the, the opinions vary on it a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the difference in tucked versus untucked and how you can use it to your advantage here in a minute. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back. So that whole tucked versus untucked pinky thing. Now, is it something that you use? I actually never used it. I never tucked my pinky um, for the longest time simply because it hurt. Uh, I've tried it, and people have said, well, you struggle getting around the ball. Why don't you just tuck your pinky? And I tried it with my old spans, uh, which were really relaxed fit, very short, technically too short for what I need. Uh, and every time I tucked my pinky, it actually hurt. I felt a little pain in the you know, palm of my hand, like I was stretching that tendon just a little too much, and I couldn't do it. Uh, so I, I never even bothered after that. So then finally, again the other day, in practice, uh, now that I have a stretch span, I, not stretch, but back to where it's supposed to be, uh, I stretched it 5 sixteenths of an inch, which is a pretty big stretch. Um, it's... It made it to where I can do it, and so that pain isn't there when I try it. The unfortunate thing is it just feels so weird for me, but what I see when I do it is my hand whips around the ball. Like, it goes dead sideways around the side of the ball, and that has been, anybody that follows me, they know that has been uh, my crutch. It's been my problem trying to get around the ball, really circling the ball like some of these other guys can do. Um, and the reason I even started looking at trying it again is, you know, big props to Chris Prather, uh, watching him do it when he gets left, and he talked a little bit about it. Uh, I, it made me think, like, man, I got to figure out a way to do this. And the reason it helps me is because it almost makes me feel like my hand collapses at the bottom, uh, like it, the ball just rolls off the side of my hand better when my pinky is tucked uh, versus when my pinky's there. My pinky actually gives me a little bit more stability in holding onto the ball uh, so I can roll it more forward. So maybe that's something that you guys can, you know, look at as well when it comes to if you if you don't, if you are a pinky tucker and you always tuck, uh, you never keep it untucked and you have trouble staying behind the ball and you rotate it a lot, I mean, that may be something to look at. Try rolling the ball, throwing the ball with your pinky, you know, untucked and keep it close to your ring finger, you know, keep it in there and just keep your palm up. Try to keep that pinky and the pressure of the ball on that palm on that left side and see if it'll help you roll it more forward, you know. So for me, it allows me to gain that much more uh, rotation, axis rotation. I haven't tested to see how it affects my tilt yet, but I definitely looked at the rotation and it makes my rotation get really high. Uh, and it's effortless. I don't feel super... Un the only reason it's uncomfortable is because it's new, uh, because it's not natural for me. But it's not like I have to put myself into an uncomfortable position to make it happen now. Now I just have to tuck. And you can double tuck. You can tuck from one pinky or from one knuckle all the way up to a second knuckle. Uh, and it gives me a different role as well. You know, So these are things that you might want to consider paying attention to when you go practice next. Because um, it, it's looking like it's going to help me especially when I get 
so far left and I have trouble getting the ball to go through the pins because uh, my ball wants to either read too early or not be sharp enough down lane. You know, I might be able to just jump left and circle the ball, get my hand around it the way I need to, and be okay. You know, it's going to take a little bit of practice to get used to, but uh, out on tour, you know, those PBA patterns, they require that. They require your ability to be able to go left and to throw it to the right with good hand still, with good rev rate, uh, to get it to go through the pins. Uh, my rev rate's not low. Uh, it's not high by any means. I mean, it's not Zeke bait 700 or anything. Anybody who pays attention to them on Facebook knows that's, that knows the joke about that. That's pretty funny. Uh, props to Zeke Payton and, and Phil Doubtright, Richie Allen, Dick Allen, for creating some weird little rivalry there. <laughs> some of it's funny. Some of it's a little, what in the world are you guys doing? <laughs> but it's pretty comical. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, my rev rate's not, you know, 600 or EJ Tackett. Uh, it's about 465. Um you know, I guess they would call it sneaky 465 because most people that watch me bowl, they're like, your, your ever rate's not that high. Uh, and they always guess me right around 400 and it's not, it's actually higher than that. And I don't know why it looks like it's not because to me, it doesn't look like it's 460 either. But, um, last few times I've been, you know, I've been tracked and tested. That's what it was. I was with the, uh, what was that thing called? The track device, the, um, uh, whatever. You know what I'm talking about, the ball with the sensors in it and stuff. Each time I've tested on there, it's been anywhere between 450 and 480, I would say. So we average it out to about 465. Um, I can get it up to 500, but again, like I said before, it, it takes really slowing my ball speed down and really focusing on the technique to get it up there. And then it does me no good because then my ball speed's too slow, you know. So I can't do the EJ. I, he's really good at throwing it fast and still revving it up. I can't do that. I mean, the best I've got is good ball speed at about four, we'll call it 450. Um, which even that, that's competitive. You know, that's enough. That's that's right around average or just above average for, for tour, I would say. Um, most guys are between that 400 and 450 range. So um, that's, I, I would say, is a pretty good pretty good starting spot so I'm not hindered in that area at all my hindrance was the ability to get the ball to come off the back of the pattern the proper way with enough angle to get through the pins the good a good way um that's always been my problem for me I it always got me forced to tighten my angles up most times um where I you know then my ball stops down lane and doesn't go through the pins and I struggle carry-wise, and I couldn't create that, that extra shim in the middle of the lane that these guys were creating because I, my hand was so more up the back of the ball, my ball read the middle of the lane and the front part of the lane more, uh, which took away the the hold or the shim or the, the push, whatever you want to call it, in the middle of the lane, so my misses left weren't as good as some of these other guys who could twirl it up there. Um, you watch, you put a long pattern out there or something where you can stand left and throw it right, you're going to see a guy like DJ Archer do really well because he is the master of getting his hand around it and getting his ball to, you know, flip down lane. Same thing with Pete Weber. Pete Weber was the best at getting his axis rotation to go super high and being able to create that motion. Uh, and he figured out some tricks with layouts and stuff to get his ball to go straighter. You know, and DJ got better with with urethane, uh, being able to use urethane a little bit straighter. He's kind of an anti-urethane guy too, but he uses it because he kind of gets forced into it because his, his rotation is super high uh, and he needs his ball to go straighter and not go crazy down lane. So um, he uh, he's learned some tricks to use it just, you know, just as, as the rest of us have. You know, we've all kind of adapted a little bit and, uh, you know, 
accepting urethane, knowing it's going to be a tool in today's game. And if you don't know how to use it, you're probably going to struggle, you know, and uh, except for I don't think it's necessary all the time on short patterns now. Uh, to be honest, I think Sean's kind of proving that. He's won the last two short patterns. He won, what did he win? He won Wolf and, and Cheetah, right? Um, using Reactive both times uh, on the shortest patterns against the guys who were using Urethane. You know, so it's it's one of those debates up there. Do you need it? I mean, I think you need it as a tool. Yes, I think you need to keep it in your bag. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to go off on a rant here, uh, off topic of the whole thing, but we're kind of just strolling along. Um, but I do think that you know, at times the urethane actually makes reactive look better. I think they break the lane down and give you that push to where the, then the reactive on short patterns looks a little bit better after, you know, after some time, you know? So, um, you just kind of have to take it how, you know, how you can, um, rash is really good at getting his hand up the back of the ball so he can get the reactive to slow down, uh, which I've been in the same boat on shorter patterns. I tend to use reactive more than I ever used urethane. Um, now I'm using it a little bit more using urethane and in, in, in certain situations, like some, some of those medium type patterns, uh, for me, the 37 to 40 foot patterns, uh, I'm going to use urethane more often now because those are the patterns that give me the over under with reactive and urethane takes that away. Urethane makes it pretty well known what your ball's going to do throughout the pattern. Um, so those masters type patterns, the 39 foot USB-C masters patterns, um, be on the lookout for me when we go back and we bowl these events again. I'm going to be using urethane an awful lot on those because it helps me to control the lane, especially with that fast pitch in the pitch purple or the, the uh, purple hammer. Those two combined together, I think I've got a winning combination there. So I'm pretty excited to see some of these mid-range patterns and to see how I can control them a little bit more. Um, but yeah, uh, tucking the pinky has been a very good tool for me in the last couple of practice sessions. Uh, I've, like I said, I've got a video coming out that shows you the difference, and it's an amazing difference. It's quite a difference uh, what you see rotation-wise uh, with my hand getting around the ball compared to with my pinky untucked. Um, it shows It shows some... Uh, shows a couple of variables there that I can use to my advantage. So leave me a message, drop me a message, uh, you leave me a voice message and I'll get back to you uh, on here on Anchor. I know you can leave a message. There's a message button that you can leave a voice message for me. I will listen to it and I will reply to anybody that you know does leave a message. So if you want to ask a question or anything like that, make sure to hit me up on there. Uh, let me know. Do you tuck your pinky? Do you not tuck your pinky? Do you use it as an advantage? Do you think it's a disadvantage? What, what's your opinion on the whole thing? Um, but that's all I got for you today. I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, be on the lookout for a couple new episodes coming here in the next few days. But until next time, I'm out of here. We'll see you guys later.